Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. appreciate your patience. I've just been super busy. Um, it's probably not an excuse because I've been doing monologues even though I've been on the road and stuff. It's just things have been piling on very fast. So um, I probably did mention this already but my short film JNS Auto has been making its way around festivals and um, it's it's actually going to be playing at another festival in June at the Brooklyn Film Festival. So if you're in New York, please come out and check out the movie. Um, but on top of that, I've also been doing road gigs. And on top of that, I am also, um, I'm, I guess I'm going to be making a TV appearance. This will be my uh, TV debut as an actor. But um, yeah, it's new. It is a lot of work but it is super fun it's rewarding and yeah i mean that's been eating up most of my time so um thanks for being patient with me and um yeah i'll try to do these monologues uh more regularly but um if it doesn't happen please know that it's because i'm doing something else and it's also gonna be for public viewing and consumption okay so i am I'm still doing something, but it's happening someplace else. All right, that's just keep that in mind. The show I'm going to talk about today is called Oh My Ghostess. It is a show from the year 2015. It was written by Yang Hee-sung and Yang Se-yoon, and it stars Park Bo-young and Cho Jung-seok. Cho Jung-seok, you all know because he is the actor in Hospital Playlist, right? He's the one that ends up having a romantic relationship with uh, Chun Mi-do. Uh, her character, right? The female doctor. And he's in so many shows and I love Cho Jung-seok because he's an amazing actor with incredible range. So he was in this show called Jealousy Incarnate. Uh, he starred alongside Kong Hyo-jin and Ko Kyung-pyo and it's it's kind of a, a loud show. It's like a tad annoying but you know, Kong Hyo-jin is in it so I'll watch anything with her. Um, he's also trained in musical theater. He's an amazing singer, and um, actually his wife is also an amazing singer, Komi, right? She sang the theme song in Descendants of the Sun, You Are My Everything. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's also a very talented singer, and that is why he was in Hospital Playlist, right? He did a Korean version of Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and um, yeah, we all know that's a very famous musical theater piece, right? And a film. Uh, the actress Park Bo-young is also very, very talented, has incredible range. She was in Strong Girl Pung Soon, and she was in multiple movies like Scandal Makers, A Werewolf Boy. Like She was in so many movies and TV shows from such a young age, and she has versatility as an actress, and I think this has a lot to do with her training. She's very well trained in both theater and film acting. Uh, which she studied in college. 
I came to realize a couple of things about this show, Oh My Ghostess, while talking to my guest, Suwon Weaver. And one of the things that came up is how these ghost possession narratives, it's really creating room for polyamory and queerness. So we could read these kinds of relationships as polyamorous, considering it's one body, but there are two spirits residing in that one body. And that one body embodying two spirits are pursuing a physical and romantic relationship with another body. So we're essentially looking at a threesome here, right? And um, another thing that occurred to me is how uh, the male villain on this show, the one who murders and injures people because he's possessed by an evil spirit, how this could potentially be allegoric of toxic masculinity. Like, do we hate the sinner or do we hate the sin? Or are they both equally hateful? Or is there no room for even hatred or something like that? Do we just look at it from a case-by-case basis, right? And in my conversation with Swan Weaver, we kind of come down to the conclusion that we should take it by a case-by-case basis, right? Because each scenario is different. I also want to think of it as like, you know, how toxic masculinity has certain roots and origins in trauma, oftentimes linked to childhood. And so we can even say that somebody who is the, um, I don't know, the, the perpetrator of a toxic masculinist behavior could also be a victim of that very toxic masculinity. So um, there are all different kinds of angles we can look at that issue from. And I think a show like this opens up those kinds of questions and I find that really interesting. Um, I really enjoyed my conversation with uh, Suwon Weaver. Um, She's a SoCal-based comedian She's like this, like, you know, a new figure to me. I, I love talking to her. Um, like, I love her vibe. Like, she's so, like, you know, zen and chill and, you know, very wise. Like, she has so much, so many wisdom, so much wisdom to share. Um, so I really enjoyed this conversation and I loved our flashcard questions in the end. So let's talk to Suan Weaver. Yeah. How are you doing? I am good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. You're, are you home? Are you home in your car? I'm in Pasadena. <laughs> You're in Pasadena? Yeah. For what? I just had to get my hair cut. My friend cut it. <laughs> mm, wow. And I had to, you know, I'm on a budget. So he had to squeeze me in and yeah. uh, do huge solid. So, yeah. That's good. I know. Yeah. How are you doing? It's good to see you. Yeah, it's great to see you too. Um, I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, I, I've been a little tired because I was um, traveling last week, but right. um, I got back on Sunday and I feel a little bit better today. So it's good yeah. to get that rest in. Yeah, yeah. It's like amazing how it just um, like a few days like away from your own home just I don't know. Like, do you ever feel beaten up after you do the road? Yeah, and I haven't gone on the road much, but uh, just anything away from home, I think, is is exhausting. Yeah, yeah. It just is. It's like something about like um, walking, like between 
it's like between it's like the travel part that's like tiresome like the plane and then from the airport to the hotel and from the hotel yeah. to the gig like all that walking and travel it's like such a pain but it's not like performing is a pain at all but because that like that part is and all, every yeah like everything around it mm-hmm. is can be draining Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh and you didn't yeah. did you start I don't know. No. yeah yeah it's starting oh, okay it's starting cool um yeah uh yeah and like i think you're right about um you know even though we are tired like once we get up on stage like you know our body just knows that like okay like you're on now so all that adrenaline just comes and then we can just do it. And then even though we're tired by the time we get back to the hotel, that adrenaline is still there. So you just can't sleep. <laughs> like I struggle with that so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, And that's, yeah, that's even just for being here too. Is like at, when we're done, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, now I have a lot of energy. So what are You're we doing? wired. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? What do you do, like, in order to, I don't know, kill that, or what do you do? Mm, I do. Lately, I've been so I've I've been on this challenge, and I'm trying to do a hundred squats, a hundred sit ups, and forty push ups every day. Holy shit! So it is good for me to do that after because then yeah. I have the energy to do it. Um, you know, sometimes if you're too tired, you're too tired and that, then I suck like, but like I've been, I did great on the challenge, like the beginning of the year. So it was supposed to be for a hundred days. That was also part of the challenge. Right. And then I, uh, kind of, I don't know what happened. There's something just happened and I gave up on it. Like, it's almost like I just forgot. So I just started it. I started it up again, but not for a hundred days. I'm just doing it for a week right now. Yeah. But, um. But even if I get home and I'm all wired up like that, sometimes I'll just start doing my stretches and exercise. And that actually feels pretty decent. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always um, a bit reticent to exercise, like at night, because then I'm I'm just going to be up. Like during, uh, in like 2016, 2017, like around then, I used to... I had I had a really bad insomnia. I've always had it. And then I would go to the gym at like 10 p.m. And then I would get home at midnight. And then I would just be up till like 5 because I was at the gym, you know? And um, yeah, but I mean, I guess doing squats and like that's different from cardio because like I would do cardio when I'm at the gym. Yeah, that is a lot harder. It's that's a whole different workout. I feel like squats and sit ups, it's like, and also I'm in my pajamas, you know, right? Right. So it's not like you're right, being at the gym, that's a whole different experience. But if you're just at home, just lay, you're laying on your own floor in your house. Uh huh. Uh huh. It just feels good even to lay on the floor sometimes. You know, like I, yeah, I used to, it does. right? I used to do yoga, mm-hmm. um, and I used to even teach it a long time ago, but I wow. miss laying on the floor because laying on the floor, mm-hmm. and also I did this other, I you know, like this other exercise I used to do, um, 
it's like kind of it's kind of like dance or like body movement and you okay. just a lot of it is laying down ground yeah it's so good yeah it's so good yeah you need that that's why that corpse pose at the end of yoga is like you're in it for a while because your body like flattens out and then you feel relaxed mm. yeah yeah there's there's something about like um stretching out your spine and all your limbs aside from your bed like somewhere that's like hard you know hard and you know maybe even like getting closer to the earth like to the ground maybe there's something to that as well but i think you're right it it does help it's so good Mm -hmm. it feels it feels like my when I'm laying down just flat, it's like my mm-hmm. body like misses it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. we like this. Yeah, and you're also you're also Korean, so you know Koreans used to sleep on the floor for generations, and totally. <laughs> it's like in there, you know. You know what? You're uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Like my mom, when when we were growing up, we used to have my mom used to put wood boards underneath our mattress. <laughs> Like, it needed to be firm for her, like so firm. Yeah, and I know this is so my mom. Yeah, um, and then now my mattress is so soft; it's ridiculously right. like clouds. Yeah, uh, those wood boards. I was like, "What the hell?" I didn't even know until I was like, you know, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they like in Korea, like it's it's like a thing. Like there are even pillows made of wood. <laughs> it's like they don't they like their pillows are hard as rocks like there are pillows like these little uh pillows that are shaped like cylinders they have the block ones the wooden block ones that are made of bamboo and then they have the cylinder ones and it's full of beans <laughs> it's hard as shit and it's like yeah that's just how how they fucking managed um when I was uh, moving out of one of my apartments in in the valley, uh, like all like everything had gone to storage, and then it was just my mattress that was waiting to be put away, and uh, it was only the mattress, like the the springboard and the the frame, all of it was gone. It was just on the floor, but even that, like even though it is a mattress, because the floor is so hard, like there was like a firmness beneath it, and I was like not used to it. I was like, oh. Like, this is kind of, yeah. But when I was a child, I did sleep on the floor. Like, our whole family slept on the floor. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, that's when we, um, it's like, so the first time I ever went to Korea was that trip I just took in 2020. Yeah. And um, was it 2020? I guess so, yeah. Um, And the first house that we stayed in was like a historical house in Insadong. Yeah, and they had only those mats that you sleep on the floor. The yo, yeah. I was very comfortable. I felt like this was just fine. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, you know? so it's, it's doable. Weird that, yeah, that we don't do that more often. That we just now I have the fluffy clouds. Uh huh. But fluff- also, I yeah. like the fluffy clouds. Yeah, it's you know who doesn't dogs like fluffy clouds. Right. They all like, do. Yeah, my dogs we love all it. Do. Yeah. Two dogs sleep on my bed with me. Oh, <laughs> I miss your dogs. They're so cute. Yeah, they're cute. I know. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> I was thinking about it's Momo, right? The black and white one? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about Momo's them this morning. My little panda. 
Oh my God. Lately, they've been so bad. They've been getting up in the middle of the night. Like both of them, not last night, the night before last, they both had diarrhea and I had to take them. Well, so what's good about them is they get up and they kind of start walking like on my head. So that's like, lady. They're letting you know. Yeah. So then I take them out like two, like, but I was up all night because both dogs had to go out like two different times. So they had upset stomachs something they must have eaten and then summer was all back to normal last night so she was fine but then the other one i still had to get up once so but it seems like it's working itself out because like you know it's less you know right and i just really that's what happens like you don't need to start taking doggy ammonia or whatever that crap is not whatever emodium emodium they have that for dogs that's cute yeah uh dogs are dogs are good like especially like mature dogs or like well-trained dogs like i was dog sitting for a friend of mine and uh that dog is on a raw diet so like she eats like a whole thing of like raw ground beef and chicken feet and raw egg and it was like very elaborate but she was still kind of like um how do you say calibrating to it so it had just been like a month or so and so like it would be a hit or miss (laughs) that day she kept like I had already walked her but she kept going to the door and looking at me like this and I was like oh she needs to go outside and as soon as I took her outside she was just it was diarrhea and then Uh. I was like I was like oh like but I was like proud of her I was like oh you know like like good girl for being so direct (laughs) she like went to the door and looked at me it was like we gotta go (laughs) Yeah, they're like, lady, let's go yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love how dogs communicate like that. You know how, like, um, people will, like, yell at their dogs or, you know, like, we all do it because we're humans. Like, we're vocal creatures, right? But dogs are not. They're all physical. You have to, like, communicate to them in a physical way because yeah. they communicate physically with one another, you know? Like, um. Mm-hmm one really cute thing i learned about dogs is like you know when there's like a group of dogs um like a family a pack or whatever if one of them is acting a little crazy like irrational or a little out of it the other dogs will start poking at it with their snout yeah like poke jab 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 yeah and it's their way of saying snap out of it and i was like oh that's so cute like you know? This is interesting. I never heard that before. That's cool. Yeah, huh. I was upset. There's this, uh, his name is Hunter Kang, and he's a Korean dog trainer. He's like Cesar Milan of Seoul. And I was watching his show, uh, Dogs Are Great, or something like that. It's like a variety show. I was like obsessed with the show because I love dogs, you know, like I don't have, yeah. I don't have any dogs, but I love them. So I was like obsessed with this show. And uh, he would like just go to people's homes and then observe and then inform the owners of what's going on. And one of the, there were two dogs. One of them was crazy, batshit crazy. The other one was like pretty docile. But whenever the crazy one would act insane, like start barking its head off, the docile one would start jabbing at it with its nose. And then the and the hunter Kang was like, do you know what he's doing? And the owner was like, oh, I think he's, they're just being cute. And he's like, no, he's telling that one to snap out of it because she's acting crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. So where does he do it? Like somewhere on his body or like? On where? their body. Yeah, yeah. 
it's a physical contact. So the dog will go and like look at the other dog that's being all crazy and then poke like poke at them with their nose. It's like their way of getting their attention or, you know. Because we can do that. You know, we can mimic dog behavior and yes we can stuff like that i like that i like to know that because then if my dog's all acting weird i could just be like hey hey guy poke them knock Give it them a little poke yeah knock, yeah yeah uh, knock it up. even even like uh you know when dogs act like aggressively you know like they'll pull on the leash and try to attack or something mm-hmm. like if we pull on the leash or yell at them they're getting more worked up Yes. And it hurt like the way to do it is like you have to stand in front of the dog that's acting aggressive, like look like face them and walk towards them because dogs are like spatial creatures. They're territorial. So if you get into their space, then they'll naturally just step back and they'll understand like, oh, you're telling me to step back. It's like if we yell and we're like, stop it, shut up, like they they don't hear what you're saying. They just get more worked up. Yeah. So the way to do it is to get up in their space. So I was like just learning a lot about like how our relationship with dogs and even like just with ourselves, like, I don't know, you and I, like we've talked a lot in the past about like, you know, traumas and like, you know, mistakes and this and that. But one thing I was learning while watching it is like some of these dogs are really fucked up you know (laughs) they have a lot of issues yeah and uh all they are doing is just reacting to their environment based on whatever learned behavior they have in their you know core memory from trauma usually and uh you know if we yell at them or reprimand them for reacting exactly how they the only way that they could be reacting right it's like it makes no sense um but you know we're not dogs like we're human beings we have a bigger brain like we can figure out ways to unlearn some things and relearn other things i don't know like i I don't know if you've had any thoughts on that lately yeah i mean if we're willing to unlearn something you know that's the thing because like you could say that we're on we're we can do it sure we can but so often we're fixed like we we're not fixed Mm -hmm. but we're Mm -hmm. fixed unless we really work on not being fixed you know Mm -hmm. um and it's hard to work on it because like you had said with the dogs it's like we don't realize there's other skills out there and a different Mm -hmm. way to handle a situation than what we've already learned and so um things that are unfamiliar don't feel right sometimes sure Uh, so yeah I mean just going back to the dogs like you were saying like my mom will yell at the dogs like you said and it's exactly the wrong behavior like they're all Mm -hmm. ready worked up and then she'll be like stop and then they're like "Ah!" so yeah you know it's a whole like well you're just adding to it and making it worse but she can't see that and she also like so Mm -hmm. this goes back to my mom again mm-hmm. can't hear that that is not the way to handle it exactly she could hear it but she yeah. doesn't want to hear it she's yeah. not willing to hear it so she only believes that like she just needs to keep yelling so mm. that doesn't work like it doesn't mm-hmm. work on me mm-hmm. like if you yell at me mm-hmm. i'm not gonna be like oh that's great that's great <laughs> 
<laughs> I got it. That's so nice. Thank you. Right, right. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah. Um, so, okay. It's like we could say that, you know, elderly folk are quote unquote set in their ways. We could say that. Or we could also say they're just choosing to remain set in their ways. Totally. It's not, I don't think it's anything even about elderliness because Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. could apply to people of any age. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I, so back in the day when I used to be with this person, this dude Mm -hmm. had a daughter Mm -hmm. at 18 years old. She had said Mm -hmm. to me, this is how I do it. This is the Mm -hmm. way that it is. Wow. And I was like, all right, man, you just, you're You just go do your thing. Because like that's the person that's not willing, you know. So it yeah. doesn't have. It's like, all right, cool. You're good. I get it. You right, know things. Right. Yeah. So that's that so fixed, true. You know, the fixed mindset is. Uh, I don't know if that's a. It's. I. I wonder if it's just like a human thing that we kind of come with, or yeah. is it really just like, or is it environmental, and we can be taught that like, hey, we're actually actually pliable and flexible or are we all just like no (laughs) you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because it does seem like there's so much fixed people it seems like a lot of people are very fixed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a hard it's a hard thing to unlearn too I think it's very hard because I think I think you're right you know to some extent there is some of that fixedness like some of that innate wiring, like our ego wiring, which is our defense mechanisms and our memory and our protector and all of that survival mentality, all of that it's there, but it's like when we're living in an urban society, we don't need most of it, but it's still there ready to go. And right. And yeah. and so if we like, let's say we're in an office, you know, we've worked in offices and somebody sends a passive aggressive email, right? It feels like danger, you know, it feels like, oh, the, I could see the domino effect of this being like, oh, this person is going to fuck me over and then I'm going to get fired and I'm going to end up homeless and da, 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 da. We could see it coming. Right. You know, if we have the mindfulness training or if we have the the distance or the blah, blah, blah. But in the moment, if we're only in that work mode, survival mode, ready to go mode, that email looks like danger. And then we're going to fire back and, right. and, and an aggression happens. Right. I think, yes, there's some of that fix fixedness, but also like it takes um somebody it, it, i don't know i don't know if it's like a self-awareness like a self-awakening or it needs to be induced by a teacher or a mentor or some life experience perhaps those things but we realize or come to the learning that we have a choice in these kinds of moments where it feels like an attack but it's not and how we react to this moment is actually a choice. We don't have to go in the fight or flight mode instantly. Right. And to know that we have that choice, I don't think everybody knows that. Most people don't. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, I don't think most people learn that because we're not taught with like a, a lot of this 
I don't know if this is like cognitive behavioral, there's probably mm -hmm. like some kind of technical words for it, mm -hmm. but most of us are, you know, if people are in survival mode of any kind, then mm -hmm. that, if that's your, like your, where you're leading from, right. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's just not going to be very expansive mm -hmm. and it's hard to get to that. Um, even so like, you know what you're saying about reactions. So there's like the reaction on the outside, right? Because there yeah. could be, or, or even, but like, so like, so you get that email, that passive aggressive thing that you're talking about and you're like, Fuck. Mm -hmm. you yeah. know, yeah. but, but then there's like, could be another level of it where, okay, maybe you're not even just reaction reacting on the outside. You're aware that this is a passive aggressive thing and you're aware mm. of the tone, but mm. there's still the reaction inside. So yeah. even that is like, like the triggers of knowing like, Hey, I'm triggered. Mm. Like, it's not even like this person. Sure. This person has, might have issues and might be, there might be a whole bunch of ego stuff happening, but it's still happening on the other end too. Right. So even if you're not reacting actually just spontaneously firing back, but you're yeah. still having a reaction inside. It's still yeah. a reaction. Mm, that's you true. Know, it's still yeah. something that's like, to me, something to look at. If like, why am I even feeling all flustered? Yeah. Because yeah. it's really, there's something to, there's something to grasp. And, right. and you know, even if it's like. That's, that's a good point. It's an extra step, right? It's like. Yeah okay because yeah you're right it's it's a it's two things like you have the external reaction of am i gonna reply right now or am i gonna wait till later okay those are choices sure mm -hmm. but even like as it arrives or as it erupts yeah. like for instance um i don't know i guess like this is on on the forefront of my mind because i'm just dealing with it at the at the moment but it's like i i recently took on like a freelance job and uh it's like very, you know, like I'm counting each assignment because each assignment means, am I going to be able to make rent this month and da da da. So like, right in my head, if it worked out, how many assignments do I need per week to survive it? Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I was on the plane when I was coming back in and I was like sitting on the plane and I was like, I was like kind of in that survival mode. Like my brain was like, oh, this fucking bitch better send this assignment because otherwise, right? Yeah. Like panic, distress. And right. then I was like feeling it. I was feeling it. And then I was like, but I don't want to feel this, this whole plane ride. And I don't want to think this, the whole plane ride. And I was totally. like, let me, let me focus on, well, you know what? Forget this. Like, I am totally fine. Like, I'm totally fine and I'm still accounted for no matter what. Let me focus on that. And it was just a very minor thing, but it it elevated my mood, like, radically. Just, I was, like, surprised by it. Yeah. yeah. And, That's really um, good. That's huge. And it's very rare. Like, I don't, ha I don't have that ability very much. Maybe I have to be on a plane all the time to be able to turn that on but well, 
yeah even what i think is like when you have the awareness that like it's like that's already happened now so you already know mm. you've got that skill so oh, okay. that's a good point you know i just feel like next time it's like you already know you could bring it back like you're it's all mm -hmm. choices and mm. like the same thing like it's happened with me too it's like mm. it's and it's it's not being fake you know it's yeah. not like going like i'm gonna just be positive it's nothing about that right because it's it's actually going like you know what i'm actually gonna shift my thoughts yeah out of this like like oh this bitch i'm all pissed off like look at she's like riding my ass and like what the yeah. fuck? And, and like uh -huh. and still being uh -huh. like you know what actually i am right here looking at these mm -hmm. amazing trees and like there's no bombs it's mm -hmm. beautiful outside mm -hmm. and i actually can be like you know what i'm so lucky i'm in this like this everything is green and it smells wonderful and mm -hmm. i'm not in india where it smells like gasoline mm -hmm. everywhere mm -hmm. uh, you know and like actually it's like a real shift and then i'm like oh i feel so much i actually feel better because i've mm -hmm. made a choice right and so coming back to the present yeah like actually mm -hmm. in the present and having i mean it sounds so cheesy that gratitude mm -hmm. and gratefulness but it's mm -hmm. not because it's not fake it's not it's mm -hmm. actually not going like i'm just gonna be like like your comics make fun yeah. of people like me i think you know we're like they're All just the being like, oh yeah. you're just some positive no i'm not i'm I, yeah i'm positive because i don't want to just be dragged down into the gutter like exactly actually. i don't want to be bummed out all the time yeah, like I, <laughs> yeah. I got stuff to do so i can't do it from like a negative point of view exactly. yeah I, and i've tried it i've tried it i've made the oh yeah crappy choices for years dude dude yeah i've seen i've seen photos of you you were like this like punk rock chick like back in the day like of course you've seen the darkness you've looked at it you were part of it of course but, but you because you lived it you were it and so you know that there's just no end to it there's no end to resentment and rage and negative thinking it keeps right. going it feeds itself constantly and it's just no way to live um yeah i love that uh i like when i when i went to your place uh around your birthday a few months ago you know like i was reading your oracle deck and yeah. you know you were like you were feeling so moved uh because you said you felt like you were you were you know um, I don't know, getting a vision for your comedy career and how it's going to unfold. Like, where are you with that? Like, in terms of your dreams and your visions and things oh, like that. Thanks. Well, you know, um, so lately I've been feeling really good about my comedy. Like, it's been feeling like it's kind of opening up and yeah. I'm, um, you know, writing more. It's like a, becoming a little more easy. Yeah. Where like sometimes writing would be like, ah, I have to write, you know, yeah. and it was yeah. like, it felt like it was hard. Uh, yeah. But lately it's been opening up and then I feel like my shows have been good, really good and fun yeah. Yeah. and like a lot more freedom. But what was funny is right before that started happening, I feel like I had one of the worst shows I've ever had. Oh, wow. <laughs> like just, just 
recently. This is all just very, very recent. Yeah. And um, I, I don't even want to say where or anything, but yeah, I'll just say you don't need to. it was a crappy show. And mm-hmm. I had like mm-hmm. 15 minutes of like, oh, wow, this is really hard and this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it really is not fun. And what, <laughs> and what was great, I'll just tell you what's great about that now, because of course now I'm through it. But yeah. the girl that went up right before me killed. Like they, she had the audience. They loved oh, her. Yeah. She was just, she was perfect for them. They were right. perfect. They were perfect for each other. And as yeah. soon as I got up there, I was in my head. I was like, oh, they all the thoughts that are negative. I had, like they oh, hate wow. me. They must not like me. They don't even understand what I'm saying. Wow. I'm way too old for them. Like everything right. that you could possibly right. bring. Up. And yeah. what was. You know, I just feel like, okay, so I had to go through that, like, you know, a little bit of hell to get on the other side. And what helped was just talking to people, comics about it. And, you know, I love stories of comics who have bombed and that's just like everybody. Yeah. Um, Everybody. That's why it's funny when we hear other people (laughs) bomb. (laughs) It's hilarious because we know exactly how fucking horrible. It's like death. It's It's like death. death. Yeah. 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 Like you're having a spiritual death for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so it's so funny and so wonderful for comics to talk about it. Like that silence and where they're just looking at you and you're like, oh, this is the silence. And there's nothing for me to say here except for the sun. Brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. I, I love like stories of bombing and stuff because I have so much love for the person that's getting bombed on in the moment right. that's bombing in that moment you know because we know we know what it feels like it feels horrible and and we know <laughs> we're we'll always remember we know we're going to learn something huge from it and yeah and we also know that's what makes us comics because we can survive that you know right. yeah everybody can survive that Oh, yeah, that's so true. You know, like, because, you know, fortunately enough, I've had like a bunch of really good shows, you know, and yeah. so when you come out of those, you're like, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and then you, I have friends that have said, like, I can't believe you're a comedian. It's like, you have, you're so brave. And I forget that I have had those bombing moments. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like it did take some bravery to stand up there and really feel like this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is so hard and bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it like it's the worst feeling. You feel it physically. It oh. feels it's like all it's in you physically and and it stays with you for a little while even yeah. after it stays with you. It is sheer humiliation, rejection, self-deprecation it is like that's why they say stand-up comedy is so scary because yeah that could potentially happen at every single show that we go up on and that's why people say we're brave and that it's scary because that that's what it is but yeah we really don't know how it's gonna go it's really you know there's no guarantees yeah and you know, even like, God, I love, there was a story with Tiffany Haddish. She had the story uh-huh. about before she really blew up, 
um, uh-huh. but she was getting pretty big and she was supposed uh-huh. to go to, she was in Florida and she was headlining and it was like, they were advertising her on the radio and like, Hey, yeah. come on out. And yeah. then she got really drunk and wasted the night before. Uh-oh. So when she went up, she was like so hungover and she said <gasps> it was so bad. And yeah. it was, it was so like, you know, so hard to yeah. have that, especially at that level where they're talking about you. Yeah, and just that it's um so great to come back. That like mm-hmm. even like when you bomb so hard at that level, mm-hmm. you know where people are really like, this is this is it. This is your big time to shine, and mm-hmm. then like you fell so hard, but you still can come back, right? Still right. get up back up on that horse. So yeah. I yeah. admire this process right right like when when the stakes are that high because you know and and that's what happens the stakes get higher as you know our career gets bigger and bigger even like margaret cho doing it decades almost four decades and uh she like about 10 years ago she bombed at some show and people were like booing her it was like horrible and Uh, Jerry Seinfeld had to like return to the venue with her to like oh, have yeah. a talk with you know what I'm talking about right it's, yes. I think it's in uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee like I think it's the Margaret yeah. Cho episode but I was just like yeah like even Margaret Cho like it could happen yeah that's a good point even someone like her that's like you know so big you know huge huge yeah. legend like legendary status because uh, it's a it's um it's a challenging um, job that we have because like you know comedians work and do stand up every single day of the year practically and we're not happy every <laughs> single fucking day of the year no. you know we're not right. we're not in a mood to entertain people every single moment of every single day of the year, but that right. is the expectation that is on us when when our title is comedian, right? Yeah, that's um, true. But I, even though that is the case, like I still love it. Like I wouldn't trade it for anything, right? Oh God, yeah, for sure. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible yeah. because yeah. also there's some like this whole thing of getting to speak and telling some kind of truth something that means something to you to us yeah even if it's even if it's a real short spot but just getting up there is like oh god it feels like like the first time i performed i performed at the levity at first time first and only time i performed at the um levity in oxnard yeah um it was literally like i was like this is the most fun i've ever had in my life ever yeah yeah and it was only 10 minutes yeah (laughs) only 10 minutes your first time that's a long ass time yeah Yeah. well and it was like 400 people that was probably that's just the biggest crowd i've ever had oh my god and it was like this is amazing i this is all i want to do this is it this is it i'm good i'm good i'm good like yeah you know like, like once oh. you know, like oh, this was the this was the calling, like this was the purpose. This is who I am. 
it's like that awakening moment that like a comedian has and then it's like oh it can't turn back yeah that's it yeah so that's nice i mean i i would i don't know about going on the road you know you go out you go out on the road a lot right I do, but like I I make it happen on my own. Like I had to go to Baltimore because uh my short film got accepted to the the Maryland Film Festival and okay. they were going to fly me out and like, you know, put me up. So I was like, "Oh, well, I'm going to be in Baltimore a few days. Of course I'm going to go and get a few spots." So, yeah. uh I was able to get booked in a couple for a couple nights and it was super fun. But yeah, like you, you know if it's not that then i usually try to like double it up it's it's like the cheap korean in me maybe but it's like i feel like i need a more than just comedy as a reason to go like i'll still do that like i, I still have done road gigs where it's just purely comedy but if it's like an academic conference then i'll go you know then i'll go and it's like okay you're back you're back okay okay cool cool um it's yeah. fine it's okay um let's uh let's shift gears um i do this on all of my episodes uh so i take i take one korean drama and then i have like um like scenarios from it and then i just ask you like what you what would you do if you were this person in this situation and then you just like come up with whatever you want to say um, okay. So it's like improv. And it's not yeah. like you don't mean Korean drama wise, just if what would I do? What would you do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if this was you in this situation. So, okay, All let's right. say you're a very shy, introverted young lady named Pong Sun, and you work as an assistant chef at a very high end restaurant. You're the only woman in the kitchen, and all your supervisors are men, and they're screaming at you constantly. And the head chef is this man named Sonu, and he yells at you the most, but you you secretly love him. <laughs> you're, you're in love with this guy. Okay, one day, you're walking through the restaurant with hot soup in your hand, and a kid runs into you. Oh, and no. he's fine, but you burned your hand, okay? And you're like, oh, are you okay? And the mother comes, and she screams at you, telling you you should be more careful, blah, blah, blah. And you just apologize the whole time, okay? And then the chef later takes you aside and reprimands you for being so passive and says that you should reconsider this line of work. What do you do? Wow. He reprimands me for being so passive. I wasn't expecting that. I thought you were going to say reprimanded me for being so sloppy or being such a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if he's reprimanding me for being passive, I just feel like he's kind of just saying step up, which mm. that is, that is good. Like, I mm. don't see that as like, uh, that's not even a problem. Mm. That that's great. That then, yeah. you know, that, all right, well, good. Now everybody could just fuck off. Yeah. Cause so all right now. I'm... Yeah. Because advice. I... Yeah. I like it. I feel like it's it's actually free advice and it's good advice. Mm. And okay. especially we're in love, then yeah. I want to do what he says. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's do number two now. All right. Let's say you're the chef now. You're Chef Sanu. You have a paralyzed younger sister. She's in a wheelchair. Her name's Unhi, and she works as the restaurant hostess. 
Now you see that restaurant customer that was yelling at the assistant chef. She's also insulting your sister, calling her abnormal. What do you do? Oh no, that person can <laughs> restaurant. Like that's just not even like I don't even think I I hesitate. It's like you don't need to pay your bill. You're mm. escorted out immediately mm. and mm. don't ever come back. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't care how high end of a restaurant is. That is the restaurant to do it in. Is the high end restaurant mm. is you know is to be like no actually in this restaurant we are mm-hmm. not pieces of shit mm-hmm. and we're actually decent people and mm-hmm. so you can take your shitty ass attitude and mm-hmm. uh, my sister is no yeah yeah okay yeah fucking bounce okay yeah easy all right. Let's say now uh, you're a ghost named Sun-e, okay? You're a ghost, all right? You're a lady ghost. You've been a ghost for about three years, and you died a virgin, okay? So there's this thing in, in Korean uh, folklore called like Chanyeokishin, which is like virgin ghost. And she's like, there's a lot of wrath and rage because she's a horny hoe. Like, she's so pissed that she didn't get to fuck before she died. So, like, you're one of these. But you're not, like, you're not evil. You just have, like, a lot of drive, let's say. All right? So you're a hor- yeah. horny ghost. And you enter Bongsun, that that uh, very passive girl, the assistant chef. You enter her body to hide from a shaman who is trying to send you into the afterlife. Now you're stuck in this girl's body and you have to live as Pongsun while working oh. at the restaurant even though you have no idea how to cook or how to live her life what do you do it seems like it's time to fuck <laughs> <laughs> i mean come on right yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, you've gotten a free pass you're in a body yeah so it's like, how great is that? Like you're, yeah. first of all, you're an assistant and you're a wrathful chick. And, yeah. you know, now there's all these dudes yelling at you. Oh, guess yeah. who gets to fuck now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. In the back a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, yeah. Yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> right. You know, okay. I mean, oh, easy. Good. <laughs> all right. Sweet. Okay. Let's say... Let's say you're still that ghost in your Sune, the ghost in Pungsan's body again. You yeah. are starting to develop feelings for the chef's Hanu. But you know that Pungsan, whose body you're borrowing, is actually the one that's in love with him. What do you do? Wow. Well, I mean, I don't really see what the problem is. Because, mm. first of all, I'm a ghost. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, I do I have a lot of moral obligation? I'm not sure. Right. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, and then not only that, she's actually in love with him, too. So it's uh-huh. win-win, right? Yeah. Like, maybe, all right, so it depends. Like, Suwon has, Suwon, here I am, third person. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, I have a pretty high moral standard. I do. Uh, um, yeah. Not morality yes. in, like, the Christian way, but just right. ethically. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would have to consider like, like this, uh, like, okay, she really loves this guy. Maybe then I try to really 
be in love with this guy. Like, let's make him fall in love with me and then we yeah. can all benefit and yeah. we can still fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. That's certainly part of this equation. So then yes. I would have to not be a super hoe with everybody. <laughs> Maybe the hoe just comes out like outside of the restaurant. Mm. So that way he is, the chef doesn't have to find out. Yeah. But then we still get it together with the chef on the yeah. sly. Mm. Yeah. I don't see why bad it seems like a good mm -hmm. proposition yeah no you're so right like now that i think about it this this show really promotes polyamory you know in a <laughs> very radical way yeah yeah i like it nice. i mean it sounds, <laughs> sounds healthy <laughs> okay yeah i love this okay Let's say uh, you're Pungsun now. You're that passive girl, the shy one. You realize that you've been possessed by this ghost Sune, and she's been she's very extroverted, very extroverted at work, and she's like chaotic almost. Okay, uh, and now you find that you're in a relationship with this Chef Sonu guy. You guys like smooched, like you guys like each other. It's like a thing, but you realize he's actually in love with Sune's personality, not yours. What do you do? Uh. Wow, that's tough. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, are we, is this, okay, jeez, God. <laughs> that's tough. Because yeah, he probably likes the, yeah, he probably likes mm -hmm. the, the chaos, but then yeah. I want him to be in love with me all sweet and quiet. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do I want to play with how it feels to be a little more chaotic? Mm. Like, you know, maybe I, I, cause that's okay. Maybe that's like something to check out. Like, all right, I'm all right. sweet and quiet, but maybe that's not as fun. Yeah. So yeah. maybe there's like, all right, like, let me, maybe there's a different way to be without being such like total chaos. Sure. But like, all right, well, maybe there's a little stepping up that yeah. sweet and quiet can just step up a little. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, mm. you know, and okay. So if you're really in love with the chef and the chef is really in love with you, how deep is this relationship? Are you really going to be able to talk about everything or is right. this just on the surface in love? Are we just mm -hmm. in love in like, how can we be deep? Mm. Mm -hmm. and and reveal some truth here and be honest about this ghost lady that's been entering your body yeah and, and right and so maybe like he can enjoy it he can enjoy both sides if it's yeah. real love holy shit oh my god yeah he wins actually he wins it all yeah mm. yeah because then he knows he's got like oh we could be wild and we could be all soft or yeah. sweet or whatever got two got two women in his life with one body could be a fun work. who are into him yeah they both like him that's, yep sounds like you know that's talking it is polyamory isn't it it is it's straight up polyamory this is straight up polyam yeah yep you know Holy what this shit. is way more action than i am getting in my life that is <laughs> <laughs> nothing is happening over here but that sounds mm. like a lot of fun yeah i thought you have a girlfriend now Oh, you know what? It really didn't work out. No, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's too bad. It was brief. 
It was very brief. Okay. It was brief. Um, all right. Last question. Okay. Let's say you're Sune the ghost again. You're in Pungsan's body. You learn that the police officer that you used to have a crush on when you were still living, his name is oh. Hongje. He's like very nice. He's like, you know, he goes to your, your father's restaurant regularly. Okay. Like he, he's like known in town for being the nicest person. But turns out this police officer is possessed by an evil spirit. And he was the one who hit Unhi, the paralyzed girl, with his car, disabling her when she was at the height of her ballerina career. And you, when you were living, you were the witness of this hit and run incident. And he found out that you were a witness and he actually killed you. He murdered you. Wow. You have no memory of this because ghosts usually don't have a memory of how they got murdered, but you now realize this. What do you do? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so deep. (laughs) I mean, so he's not... But he's not even the guy. It's the it's the ghost did it, right? The yeah, technically, spirit. technically he's possessed. Yeah. Um, I think I would have to low key try to get rid of the ghost. Hmm. Maybe not the guy, but the ghost. Yeah. Right. So I might have to try to find out ways to get him exercised. Uh-huh. Or like get rid of evil spirits. Yeah. To permanently get rid of uh, evil ghost. Okay. Yeah. I think that would be my move. Is like let's really try to get rid of this guy, rather than punish his physical body. Yeah, because he's just a physical. He's like a sap, like this Punye or whoever. What was her name? Sune. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like so it's like you can't blame him. The right. the guy is not the guy. The guy yeah. is just in the, the he's the meat sack. Mhm. Mm-hmm. You got to go for the spirit. Get him. Right. How do you what do you make of like potentially this being like a metaphor for like toxic masculinity or something? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Right? Like, yeah. I mean, do we do we punish the, the sin or do we punish the sinner? Do we hate the sin? Do we hate the sinner? Like, right? It comes down to that. Well, you know, it's all, yeah, so it's super complicated, right? Um, yeah. It depends, like, yeah, I mean, there's so many, like, it depends, like, what are we talking about, right? Like, That's are we true. talking about mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. political patriarchy? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about, like, Mitch McConnell mm. are we talking about you know which like where or like yeah. just a dumbass comic yeah or right. you know what I mean there's like so many different ways to attack it or look at it or or forgive it mm. and it's like passed down through generations and uh, the people that hold yep. the power tend to not want to get rid of the power because they like yeah. the power yeah um so it depends like who's um, embracing the patriarchy and trying to hold on to it and extend it and make it worse. Or sure. um, is it just like, or is it just like a regular Joe Schmo that doesn't really know any better 
and right. is like, I'm a conservative. <laughs> you know, right. like you don't even know what right. you're saying. You right. just grew up like that. You're just saying what your dad says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, that's really I was important. On, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was on a show, like a Zoom show, uh, mm-hmm. during the whole, during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. we, you know, with the protests and stuff at that time with George Floyd. And yeah. so there was a guy on the mic from, I don't know where he was from. I just, I'm going to say somewhere in the South, okay. uh, a white dude. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy when George Floyd got, uh, when, uh, what's his name? Not George Floyd. Um, the cop. The officer. Yeah officer got convicted yeah. and and there was a guy on the mic that disappeared when I was like yay and and when he came back I was like hey you disappeared so what what's going on there because I I was hosting so I got to call him out sure and it's just a mic it's yeah. not like you know I'm like this is a mic we can just yeah, be yeah, real yeah. right here and he, yeah and what he said was like I'm a conservative and I just wow. thought you know this is not about conservative and I didn't go into a whole speech, but like, sure. this is a bad cop mm-hmm. and a bad cop is a bad cop. Like mm-hmm. that's beyond just being a conservative. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not just like you're white. He's white. We're on the same side. Mm-hmm. Don't, it's not just that. It's not. Yeah. And so that guy, I just felt like, Oh, you're so pathetic. Yeah. But I think uh, you're, you're making a very important distinction um, by saying like, it's not one big massive thing. Like it's not all toxic masculinity and coloniality and patriarchy and, you know, all of that and whiteness. It's not all one big evil. It's each individual, how we handle each situation and circumstance and individual, like all of those things matter you know, and um, yeah, like how do we tease it out and how do we choose to work with that individual in that moment to, you know, I don't know, part ways in good graces or continue the relationship in good graces? Like, is it manageable, right? But they, those are important questions. They really are. I just don't think it's good to like say, well, you're a jerk, you're an asshole. It's uh, like he is yeah. just where he's from and that he has his beliefs yep. and, you know, yeah. he's limited to me is how I see yeah. it. And so then like yeah. someone who's like that is like, I can't just blame you and make you wrong, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, as like much as we uh, antagonize like people who we call ignorant is like, is ignorance a fault? You know, there's willful ignorance, there's willed, will, like willing to be blind or, you know, willed rigidity, right? Willed fixedness. And then there's Mm -hmm. just ignorance because of given circumstances or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, all of this was illuminating. Um, Thanks for doing this, despite, you know, being in the middle of a haircut and being in Pasadena and stuff. No, 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 please. I'm glad we got to do it. So thanks for doing it.